Okay, everybody, how we doing? So another thing that I wanted to bring up is the dreaded weight problem. <laughs> okay, so most important thing about uh, having polio is that you have to stay a certain weight. Mm -hmm. um, in all fairness, though, it depends who you ask, but my experience has been that it's Oh God, it's it's more difficult, obviously. It's just common sense that the more you weigh, the harder it is for you to move. So imagine being disabled on top of that. It's even harder. So one of the things I learned is don't get fat. And I hate to say that because I think mm -hmm. it's up to you. It's really what you want to do um, with your life. Some of us, like I have a um, one of... A fellow, I, I don't know how to say it, a, a fellow disabled person with polio, he can't use um, either one of his legs. He's in a chair. And he got one of those cool, like, automatic, like, scooter thingies. But it's a chair. And he puts speakers on it. But anyway, that's besides the point. And he put lights. Anyway, but um, he doesn't care. Like, he's gained a lot of weight. And he says, I'm just a furry, furry man with lots of weight. Um, he's hilarious anyway. Um, but so when I first, when I was young, again, you know, um, I was very scrawny, very little, you know, um, very, very skinny, but I think we all start off that way. And, you know, we're all little, little things when we're little and then we go through the chunky phase. You know how, when you're a baby, you see this chunky baby. I think we do that also when we're like, in between the ages of six and ten we all go through that so i was very thin but by the time i got to middle school i don't know if, if it was difficult for my parents to say no or it was just that i didn't exercise that much which i think that was it because by then i had discovered that as i told you before you know a lot of things were taken away so i wasn't allowed to join pe because they said that you know what if something happened um, and if I did, I was only going to basically jog around the track, try not to do too much. And I, I couldn't really join a sport because the coaches were too afraid, you know, except one. Um, but he was outnumbered. So um, I didn't really like sports. And by then I was very lazy. And I would tell everybody like, yep, ooh, ow, you know, I'll work in the office. So that's what I did. I always worked. As, as an assistant to the offices at schools, you know, like I was the one who would give you your tardy pass or I was the one who would um, work for, uh, the, the, it was called the alternative center. So I would go and get your homework and then bring it to you because you were in this room because you were bad. Anyway, besides the point, by then I had gained a lot of weight and I noticed it. My knees were hurt more. My ankles would hurt more. Uh, I just couldn't move as fast because I was gaining so much weight. Um, and I knew it. I just didn't care because when you're young, I still have like a lot of energy and I was still moving more than most. So, you know, whatever. By the time I figured out that I shouldn't be that way, it was just like, oh, man, why is it so hard? to lose the weight it's so easy to gain it but it is so difficult to lose especially in women you know i i saw this thing on the discovery channel a while back where they showed you why men lose uh 
fat faster than women and and it has so much to do with not only your body structure your musculature but you know your genetics and oh my god it was just ridiculous and and the first thing out of my mouth was well fuck me that sucks i should have been a man i was like damn it you know i would have handled this disabled thing way different (laughs) but um it is it is very difficult so my feelings towards being overweight is don't be am i supermodel thin no i am chunky okay but i'm not like I'm still in a single digit. I'm not in, you know, but I, I don't consider myself thin. I consider myself like, I don't know, fat, but not too fat, I guess. I mean, like thick boned would be the word. Um, and I'm working on it, you know, and I got really, really athletic by the time I got to high school. I thought that's enough. I need to concentrate on my studies. I need to move more. And I did. Started moving a lot more. I started doing a lot more things. And then, and I hate to say this, but by a stroke of luck, or maybe, just maybe, not luck, but oh well, it worked in my favor type of deal, I got sick. I got a really bad infection in my stomach. And I couldn't eat. I couldn't keep anything down except like, water and soups so guess what happened to me (laughs) i lost all the weight now i hated it it made me weaker i i could literally like fall over on my bad leg because it had no strength um but to everybody else around me oh look how much weight you're losing you look so much better i didn't know i looked bad thanks you know or oh mira look you're so much prettier this way I didn't know I was ugly when I had more weight on me. Thanks. But, you know, that's what people do. And in our culture, because I'm Mexican-American, American-Mexican, whatever the hell you want to call it, they're called indirects. Las indirectas. The indirects. Like, it's a compliment with a fucking back slap. (laughs) You know? Uh, Like I just said. Oh, look at... You look so much prettier. Or you look pretty now that you lost weight oh man oh i loved it no like they think i'm stupid like i didn't get it i got it anyway that's besides the point i went through the whole thing they they got me better but they told me that for the next year i should be careful because my stomach had suffered a lot of damage and i was like great just Second cherry, third cherry, fourth cherry on my cake. Let's just go with it. And my intestines had also been damaged. And I was like, okie dokie then. So for the next year, I stuck to, again, soups and salads. I was able to eat, like, picture a slice of bread and cut it in fours. And I could eat one of those squares, like, you know, one-fourth of it. And slowly... I was able to move up to half. And and that's where I stayed for a very long time. Um, but just to give you how bad it was, I weighed 96 pounds as a teenager in high school. That is bad. That that people thought I was bulimic, uh, that I was throwing up on prayer. No, man, I was sick. But you know how rumors are in school. No one cares about what's really happening. It's whatever people are saying. And I let them. I didn't have many friends in high school. I can tell you I, I the ones I thought were my friends, the minute I lost the weight and got better and got color back in my cheeks, they were 
my enemies because apparently they didn't like the fact that I was, I guess, prettier or thinner or whatever the fuck they thought. I don't know. I always thought that was weird, man. Girls are vicious with each other and I never understood that, but whatever. So once I got better, I realized, holy shit, I feel better with my leg. I was able to do the one thing I wanted to, which was I was able to go faster up the stairs. I was able to to actually kind of like jog a little. I was like, fuck, that makes sense. (laughs) Hey, you'd be amazed. Sometimes, like I said, we we put our head in the sand and we don't want to admit. I didn't want to admit that I was overweight and it was affecting my polio like really, really bad. And my spinal cord, my lower spinal uh, cord uh, close to the tailbone was really bad because of all the fat. You know, once I lost the weight, I felt so much better. Number one, look, I don't care what people say. When you lose weight, whether it be 10 pounds or 20 or even 100, you feel better. Not only about your body, but health-wise. And you have to understand that some of us will never be supermodels thin. No offense, but I wouldn't want to be that thin anyway ever again. It felt so bad. I, I felt like... I had no strength. I had no color. Now, in all fairness, I was sick. But after I got better and I stayed that way for a while, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it. I wanted some meat on my bones, you know. Uh, so I started doing more things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, once I was in college, the number one thing to keep my weight off, which helped not only my disability, which I recommend to any of you who are disabled, I swam. I got in the pool every morning. It didn't matter if it was winter, summer, spring. It didn't fucking matter. I got in it. My friend was right. The pressure of the water would make me feel so good. And you have to understand, when you're in pain every fucking day, every minute of the day, the water, with the pressure of the water, you don't feel it when you're swimming, you know, or when you're in the water. You just feel good. It feels fun, right? You feel it when you start getting out of the pool and your body feels heavy. It's that minute that that feels like, you know. For me, being in the water helped. It it helped me from avoiding the pain because of the compression of the water. I didn't have any. For me, that is like, oh, moment. You know, fuck, it was awesome. I miss that. I really do. So I swam every day and I did water aerobics too. I love water aerobics. Okay. Polio victims, disabled victims, anybody who has a disability, water aerobics is awesome. It will help you kept the weight off. But most importantly, it felt good on my body. Um, I think one of the things people are always asking me is like, how can you exercise every day? A, I have to B because it feels good. Like I stare, do not get me wrong. People. I look at my treadmill and my spin bike and I hate them. I want to throw them out the window and destroy them. But I'm not as lucky as most. You know, there's a lot of people I know who have never been fat. They're just skinny minis, little twigs, walking around, eating whatever the fuck they want, and nothing ever happens to them. I'm not that person, you know, I'm not that lucky. So, And to top it off, I have a disability. So I have to work out every day. And, of course, when you're young, you don't think that way. 
uh, until you get older. So I kept the weight off for another five, six years or whatever. But then once I was like home clear, I was good. I was like, I had, I had a job and I was working with American Airlines. Um, oh my God. The, in the first three months of working with them, I gained 30 pounds. I was blown away. Like what the fuck just, it was because I was sitting down all day no exercise anymore and I, I wasn't going swimming every day because I couldn't it was like the schedule was all weird or whatever and no offense but there's a lot of places out there that have pools and they they charge a lot of money and now I'm on a budget so I stopped working out like I would walk I would purposely go to the mall and do like those old people do right like I would go the entire mall at least four or five or six times just to get my exercise in. But that doesn't really help when you're doing it every other day. You know, you need a constant. So I gained weight again. And I didn't stop there. I kept gaining it. I literally almost got to 200 pounds. And that is no bueno for my legs, my back, or for fuck anything. Let me tell you something. And this is just a side note. You know what I hate about being bigger or was bigger, whatever the hell you want to call it, fat, chunky, obese, because I know now obese is after like 100 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's the fashion industry. Oh my God. Do you think as chunky, plump, fat, obese women, we want no fashion? I mean, what the hell is wrong with you? Of course we want fashion. We might be fat, but I don't want a moo. I mean, holy fuckballs. Every time... I went to the store for a intimate garment. My choices went from pretty frilly lacy to gray, beige, black, and white. What the hell? Like, oh, okay. Like, I don't get the pink or the lilac or the flower print or the stripe. Nothing. Nothing. And then prices. Oh, my God. Now I know it's more material. I get that. I do. But there was such a limited field that that was another reason why I said, well, fuck, can I just go back down? Like, if I could just get back down, maybe I can wear the pretty stuff again. I wasn't even trying to get back down to like a size six or seven. I was just trying to get back under like one digit so I could fit in a fucking large or a medium, you know? I was like, oh my God. And then I found out, for all those people who are still listening, if you go to different stores, different sizes. And one store I was an XL and another store I was a medium. How the fuck did that happen? I was like, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. But it did. You know, whatever. That was just a side note, people. But physically, I was dying. I was in more pain every day because of my weight. So to all those out there, please, please, please try to maintain your weight. And now, am I saying to starve yourself? Absolutely not. I like my avocado toast, but I also like my uh, mozzarella pizza with some fresh basil and a dipping sauce. I sure do, but I also know to be careful. I, once I get full, I stop, you know, and if I have leftovers, I have leftovers. You know, I actually, my, my brother actually hates that. Where's you eating your whole food? Because I'm full already and I can take it home. And he hates that. He goes, why do you always have leftovers? What does it matter? I'm going to eat it eventually. 
And uh, he doesn't, you know, he like eats. And I'm like, dude, you can do it and you don't gain one pound. I cannot. So either way, though, I, I learned to once I'm full, I stop. I don't. Now, this is something that's so weird. Um, I don't like sweets, which baffles me because I don't eat like I don't like hard candy. I don't like caramel. I don't like cinnamon. I don't like frosting on cakes. So I don't know why <laughs> people, you know, look at me funny. They think, oh, well, you should be thinner. Well, no, that's just like, what, one-fourth of your diet? Like a little bit, you know, I, I don't. But you put some gummy bears in front of me. Or uh, what is it? The, the pumpkin loaf or zucchini bread? Breads. Bread. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's bad. So I try not to keep breads in the house whatsoever, like at all. Um, tortillas. Hello, flour, tortillas, or corn. Try not to keep that either, but I do because those, I get the minis and I try my best just to eat two. And in my brain, even though I know it's silly, it's equals one tortilla, <laughs> but it does it. You know, just be careful. I don't eat them every day. It's maybe in a blue moon. They last a long time. Um, but once I gained the weight, the number one problem was the pain. I couldn't walk right. Um... And it made me limp more, heavily limp more, which I didn't really see until I wanted to see it. Because you know, whether you like it or not, you know. And um, it wasn't until I was told by a doctor, you know, my doctor, you know, we, we're going to have to check out. You're too, you're too big. We need to check you out and see what's going on. And I said, I eat too much and I don't exercise. That Like, I'm honest with myself, whatever. He goes, yeah, but I didn't mean that. I mean, let's check out how your leg is doing, your spine is doing, and stuff like that. So they did. They did like a full cat thing, whatever. And he goes, aren't you in pain? And I'm like, yep, I am. And he said, okay, well, since you're honest and you expect honesty from me, this is my honesty. Because of your age, because you've gained so much weight, because you haven't lost it, because, you know, you're getting older, blah, blah, blah. You know, he went round and round and I, I just looked at him like, spit it out. One day, you're not going to be able to get back up or walk. And I think you already noticed that you're having trouble with your polio because of the weight. Now, before you say well duh I knew that I just didn't care and again going back to emotions I was so tired so tired of being careful of not just living my life of always having to think before I do is this going to do this? Is this going to do that? Oh, what should I eat? Oh, no, wait, I can't do that. I just wanted to eat whatever I wanted. Whatever I wanted. Not work out every day. It was just so tiring. And for a minute there, I just didn't care. I even told my boyfriend at the time. Okay, just letting you know. I'm going to get as big as a house and too bad. I don't care, you know. But I was joking. I didn't know it was really going to come true. <laughs> I knew what he was saying. I told him I know. And I started 
getting on diets, you know. And like I said, it's so much harder for a woman than a man. It really, really is. Oh, shit. Oh, God. I hope it's recording correctly. Sorry. Um, so I started exercising and stuff. And, well, you know, we'll talk about more. Because then, around that time, I read an article. And the article was talking about leg lengthening. Yep, just like it sounds. They take your leg, they brick it, they make it grow. And this way, whatever, you know, you're taller. Now, this surgery was originally invented for trauma, for people with trauma, people like me. But then it kind of went to the wayside. And then people started using it again in around 2000, 2003, that, that era, uh, to get taller. And I was, most... And I hate to say this, I'm sorry, but it was true. Most Asian countries were using it to make themselves taller. They would break their legs, make them grow to be taller. I was like, damn. But see, the way I saw it was, if I make my leg even to the other one, you can't do your feet, just your legs. Will it slow down the process of never getting back up again? Will it help me be better and not limp as much and put more wear and tear in my hips and my lower back? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So I sent out an email to trauma surgeons. And you got to understand, for those who don't know, in the United States of America, the richest country in the world, we only have 75 trauma surgeons. We're lucky enough to have one in Dallas. But that's it. Which is sad because I think if you want to be a doctor, especially a trauma surgeon, we should just let him go to school for free. Let him pay back his schooling by helping the people like me, poor. That would have been nice. <laughs> so I went to three different doctors. And I asked them. Is it feasible? Is this something we can think of? Is Am I being absurd, you know, too simple? Am I not thinking about all the complications? And actually, no one had ever operated on a polio victim, a disabled person like myself, because A, there's no point. There's no cure. And if they did, it was exploratory surgery, which is what they wanted to do when I was young, because they wanted to see why, number one, <laughs> am I walking? Because that was always curious. I shouldn't be. Number two, uh, see how the muscles were. Because they should have been dead. It, well, yeah, dead. That's the proper word. It's just dead. Um, and stuff like that. And I never allowed it because I figured it was a fucking point. That's not fair. I don't want scars on top of everything else. So I never did it. Um, I went to one doctor and he said he thought it was a good idea, but again, never been done before. We would have to see. And most importantly, two things can happen. Number one, let's say they do it. Uh, will the bone grow even though it, it had the polio? You know, is it going to merge together? Because see, the more you pull the bone apart, the more it tries to reach itself. You know, it's like trying to fill in the gap with bone. It starts growing. 
What if it didn't? So number two would be, are you prepared to carry a card for the rest of your life with a metal rod? I didn't even know that was even a possibility. It was scary. I went home. I cried so much. All I kept thinking was, fuck! They're right. The logical side of my brain said, chances of this working is very few. What are you doing? Just fucking lose weight. But even if I were to lose the weight, let's say even if I lost all of it again and I weighed a standard 125, 135, that's where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't mean I won't get back up. It doesn't mean I won't end up in the chair. To this day, I still can end up in the chair. And I'm sorry. But when you're one of the few people who actually can walk, and you know it, it's always right there. It's this—it's like waiting for the, what do you call it, that saying? Waiting for the next shoe to drop. That's what I'm doing. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for one day not being able to walk. But I learned to suppress that feeling. I learned to accept it. Now, am I going to be happy about it? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm going to hate it. And this is how I know how, people. Because the second doctor was so rude. God, I had never been insulted or treated that way by a doctor. And I just looked at him like, and I was so angry, I couldn't say anything. And usually I speak my mind and I'm like, fuck you, you know. But that day I was so shocked that he spoke to me that way because he said, and I quote, I'm not going to break something that's not broken. And I looked at him, I go, do you understand what I'm trying to ask you? I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to tell me your opinion about the situation. If I were to do this, would it help? No? Okay, then I won't do it. But is there a possibility? And if so, what type of possibility? He didn't even look at it like the other doctor. The other doctor looked at it. He looked at it. He measured me. He consulted with other physicians. I mean, he did the whole nine for me. Because he, I guess, thought it was an interesting premise. And, you know... Okay, fine. He agreed and the other one did it. So I went to a different doctor. Now, apparently, again, remember, 75 trauma surgeons in the United States. They all spoke to each other. In fact, I became this thing where all 75 were like, oh, I'm curious about that. You know, and I was like, great. You know, great. So by the time I got to the third one, I was done being like, whatever. And I told him, he asked me. Before I tell you my opinion, I want to know why you want to do this. Is it why do you think this would help or why not? And I said, okay, I know what you're thinking. You think it's due to vanity. If I was that vain, I would have done this when I was 15, getting picked on because I wasn't pretty enough or wasn't whatever. And I wanted to look better or I didn't want to limp anymore. Okay, that's when I would have done it. But I don't care about that. My concern is 
slowing down the process of never getting back up again. That is my concern. And yes, do I have other things I need to do like lose weight and um, eat better, be more physical, <laughs> you know, not be so hard on my bone structure, you know. And he said, oh, okay, okay, that, yeah, I was hoping you would say that because I think it would work. I think that the premise is solid and I consulted other doctors. Like I think he, he talked to like 20 of them because he was at a conference or something like that. So we did it. Um, and what I did, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but this is what I did. Remember that second part, what if the bone doesn't grow? I didn't even once think about it. Not once. And that's where I have a habit of doing. Like, if something is that scary, I accept it. I analyze it, I put it in my closet, and I don't think about it. Because I don't want it to scare me out of doing what I think I should. Now, the doctor would have told me, no, I don't think this is going to work. I think you're just going to damage your leg even more. I would have walked away from it. I was okay with it. Either one of them, you know. But he did it. Two of them said, yes. But they still told me the truth. It could fail. And um, we would have to put a rod in. And you'll still be in the same spot plus a rod on top of it. And carry that little card that says I have metal inside me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I didn't think about that. I don't know why. Because that was really important. I don't know why I did that. Oh, God. I, did, I really don't know. But I did it. I, I came out of surgery. And dude, first day out of surgery... They made me walk on it. Now, what they put on you is called a halo. Y'all probably have seen it in the movies where it's this black thing with a lot of pins going in. And it, and it has two rings attached, like two black things, like to hold you steady and not move. Okay, it's like that. And they put it on my leg. And they had these little screws all over where you would have to move it to make it grow. And it, it was painful, but... To be honest, I was so numb <laughs> at that point with pain that I was like, bring it. Like, I don't care. Um, so I started doing that. I went. And that's how I learned that I really don't want to sit. Because I was in the wheelchair for most of the time. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. America does not really think about the disabled. I mean, here here where I live, there's the, the you know, they fix the sidewalks where... They have this little incline so you can go on the sidewalk. They, certain things, but certain other people don't have that. Yes, you're supposed to have handicap accessible, but apparently everybody's handicap accessible because people don't care. They just park there. Oh, I'm only going to be five minutes. Oh, I don't give a fuck if you're going to be one minute. Don't park there. You never know, but they get mad. And being pregnant doesn't mean you get to the park of the disabled. You're not disabled. You're pregnant. Okay, have someone drop you off. And you know what the fucked up part about that is, is that I always do that. And it's just something I got accustomed to. If it was really busy or if we were in a hurry, they always drop me off in front of the store and then they go park far away. And the whole reasoning for that is because, oh, well, if someone more disabled than you needs the spot, 
I could always just come and pick you up. That's how I was raised. So the idea that a healthy person does, just doesn't give a fuck and parks there anyway is asinine. Because if I, the disabled person, thinks of other disabled people so they can park there and I still park far away, what the fuck are you doing? But that's beside the point. I'm sorry, that's a little rant, but it's annoying. It is very annoying. After the surgery, and I, after I recovered, I started walking. It took me two years to walk straight up. And I did it. I walked better. And then something fucked up happened. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to end the episode because I can tell you I got sick again. And we'll discuss that next time. And uh, what happened with the whole lengthening process. <sighs> uh, anyway, being disabled isn't fun. It's not. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not. But once you are, you are. And you have to accept it. And you have to be able to deal with it. That would be my best thing. You have to be able to deal with it. That's why I always tell everybody. Because a lot of people always tell me. And, and I don't know if I should take it like as an insult or not. How to take it. Because they always tell me, man, you're just one of the strongest women I know. Like, uh, really? Okay, but I, I guess because I've heard it in so many different manners, so different, many tones, that I don't know sometimes if they mean it in one way or the other. So I take it with a grain of salt, like, yeah, okay. Everybody's strong one way or the other. Everybody has problems. We just deal with them differently. But anyway, I'll talk about what happened after next time. And we'll move on from there. Thanks, everybody.